And welcome to another episode of Looking for Love in All the Wrong Dust Jackets, a show where three cool old ladies in our 30s talk to you about all things in romance, whether that's books, movies, TV shows, video games, whatever the hell we want. My name is Liz. I'm Danny, and I would like to know when we were ever cool. And I'm Old Lady Wiggles. And welcome to the show. <laughs> Before we get started, though, uh, if you've ever listened to us before, you've figured this out. We are crass bitches, uh, so that's just a little taste of the swearing and unfiltered nature you're going to get. So just a warning if you don't like that. Fuck off! There you go. Oh, no, well, it's cool if that's not okay with you, but kindly fuck off. There you go. This is why I have a Danny filter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for this episode, we are listening, not listening, we are talking, you're listening, about Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry? Baldry. Baldry. Okay, but before we get into the book, let's go ahead and talk about what we've been like consuming, reading, watching, listening to uh, up till this point. Who wants to go first? I don't. (laughs) You don't? I was really excited. Goddamn Wiggles. I know. I thought you were like, oh my God, these things that I have listened and watched and da 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 to. I mean, I can't go first. Um, but I, um, my brain is trying to confuse two books at the moment. So for me this week, I read The Matchmaker's Lonely Heart by Nancy Campbell Allen. It's one of, so far a trilogy. I don't know if she's going to expand on it because I've only read the first book. But um, this first one is kind of like if... Uh, Jane Austen and Agatha Christie had a baby. They would write this style of book. Basically, there's there's a murder and another murder, and it turns out there was a past murder. And in the middle of that, you have um this couple falling in love, and it's very cute. A spice level practically a zero, but if you're looking for something that's fun and like isn't all about the sex and is kind of focused on the romance. This is a really fun option. And um, it's got like some great humor in it, little quippy things. Like I said, there's a little bit of Jane Austen in it. So it's just, it's just fun. So that's what I read. Neat. Sure is. No, it actually sounds really interesting. You go. All right. Well, we haven't recorded in two weeks. So here we go. Oh, Jiminy Crickets. I actually didn't get as much reading done as I wanted to because one was a, one book was over 700 pages. And now, time for Liz's public <laughs> shaming of Aaron and Wiggles. Wait. Aaron and Wiggles? <laughs> <laughs> Danny and Wiggles. <laughs> anyway, so I don't think I talked about this last time. I listened to Don't Hex and Drive with Audiobook Daddy, mm, uh, written by Juliet Cross. It's the second in the Stay a Spell series. I I was kind of like in a three spot on it. It was okay. Then I read The Deal by L. Kennedy, which is a college hockey romance, which I didn't know that I liked sports romances, but apparently maybe I do now. This spice was kind of not as much as I thought it was going to be in that one, but um, it's good. A little bit of trigger warning for like referencing past essay. Uh, it doesn't happen in the book, but it's referenced. Then I read Pucking Around. That one is 700 pages. 
Whole Baby Jesus by Emily Rath, uh, also a hockey romance. Uh, the spice on that is like a fucking 4.5 or some shit. It's like pfft, up through the roof. Huh. Yeah, it's a Why Choose book, which I'm not really sure I like Why Choose Romance, but I read it. And then I read Bait by Jade West. That one is interesting because the premise of it is somebody who's looking to like really explore the dark side of her sexual fantasies until she meets somebody online and they like consensually decide like they're gonna do this kidnapping sexual fantasy thing which is totally fine if If everybody consents yeah i liked it. it it surprisingly for the premise the spice scenes were like like you get a deep middle a little more detailed like we came to this for the spice scenes the premise is the sex that is the plot so hmm. okay once again liz's public shaming <laughs> i actually read less than i th- than i thought we'll be on recorded in two weeks it's true danny so i had a i need to watch trash tv week i love it and so i started watching below deck on the- peacock The Star Trek Below Deck? No. Below Deck. It is a reality TV show that is on, um, takes place on yachts that people charter. Like they spend millions chartering these yachts and it follows the like crew and everything and stuff. There is a lot of spice in it because they live in very short, you know, very close quarters. And so shit goes down and anger and it's reality TV. So it's trash. Right. Um, but I am really excited because today I had a delivery of a book that I ordered, which is called The Fourth Wing. Yes, The Fourth Wing. <laughs> it's by <laughs> Rebecca Yaros. And it's about Reagan, uh, Reagan Riders. Wow. Sorry. Dragon Riders. And I'm really excited to read it. I don't know a whole lot about it or anything. I saw a TikTok and then was like, ooh, I want to go to there. I've read it. I told you about it. I'm so sorry. God damn it. Nobody listens to me. I'm really curious just because it seems to be so polarizing. Like you either Mm -hmm. love it or you hate it. What could happen in this book to make it that strong a reaction? I think my opinion on that is just people go into the book with specific expectations and you either get those or you don't. So I think of it as like if you really liked reading books like YA books like The Hunger Games or or the Percy Jackson series or whatever, it's like the adult version of that. So you're oh, not I'm getting going to love it then. Yeah, you're not getting this big sprawling epic fantasy. You're not getting all of that. You're getting adult version of the shit that we read when we were our teenagers. So I'm excited to read it now. It got delivered right. today. So it is really good. I mean, I mean, is there some like either plot holes or, you know, writing problems? Yeah, there is. But I mean, now very few books are perfect. So yeah. So I I'm too. I am excited to read that. But yeah, I mostly watched trash TV because I had a day that I was sick last week. So I I thought about having a trash TV day. Like <sighs> there's just every now and then you just need a trash TV day. Yeah. Should we <laughs> dig into a little uh, legends and lattes? Yeah. Who wants to do the synopsis? Pick me, pick me. It was my choice of book. Danny, go. <laughs> um, so Legends and Lattes is kind of a D&D esque story. It starts with Liv. She's an adventurer. She's an orc, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've done a big battle. They've won. Hurrah. Huzzah. Everything. She's got a lot of money. And she just like walks away from all her friends. She's done adventuring. And she goes to a little town and decides she's going to open a coffee shop. And it's really stinking cute. (laughs) And she has a bit of magic that shows her exactly where she's supposed to put the coffee shop. And 
to kind of um, make things lucky for her and everything mm-hmm. to build the coffee shop up. And so she finds some really cool people along the way to help her. And it's it's really sweet. It honestly is. It is so stinking cute. I love it. So that's, I mean, that is the premise of the book, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's meant to be cozy, cute, and like, simple, small problems. Um, it's written by Travis Ballery, who is a gentleman who's also an audiobook narrator. I don't know what he's he's narrated. Um, but I do. I'm oh. on his website. Okay. <laughs> I'm on his website too, but I'm not there. Cradle, <laughs> Cradle Foundation by Will Wright. The Beginning After the End by Turtle Me. Shade Slinger by Kyle Kieran. And so, so many others. Many, many others, according to website. He, he mm-hmm. audiobooks many. I kind of got the vibe that he did a lot of like fantasy or YA fantasy mm-hmm. from what I saw. And he is also a, a game developer who is the co-owner and CEO of Double Damage Games. Um, I don't recognize any of the games that he has put out. Or if I do, it's in the recesses of my brain buried. But Torchlight Fate and Rebel Galaxy are oh, notable ones. So that's, that's that. Where do we want to start talking about the book? I mean, do we want to start with Liv? Let's start with Liv. I love Liv. She is funny and weird at times. Like, you don't expect an orc to be like, I'm going to open a coffee shop. And nobody fucking knows what coffee is. It's just some gnomish thing. Well, uh, one of the things I kind of like about Liv is she feels like if your Fable character was like, and now I'm going to retire. Mm -hmm. Fable's a video game, by the way, if you're not familiar with it. But especially like your Fable 2 character. Yes. I wouldn't go so far as to recommend this, uh, and so that's why I'm not saving this to the end, but, like, when you're trying to get money and uh-huh. things in, in Fable, you do you take on these, like, really basic jobs, and this whole book felt like that chapter of playing that game. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it, like, to me, it's like, if your Fable character chose to retire, this is what she would do. The characters surrounding her are all, like, just fabulous oh, i love them but she is just this like tired kind of cranky but also just like hey you know whoever you are whatever you are i put no like stereotypes on you and in my head i'm just like i feel you at 30 i understand this <laughs> yeah. i also really like that she kind of she watches people and to yeah. see the good in them like when she discovers the man who helps her build the sh- the shop, I cannot remember his name. Cal. Right now. Cal. When she discovers Cal, like or calamity. Yes, yes his name calamity. is Calamity. Everybody is kind of ignoring him. They don't really want anything to do with him, but he does really good work, and so she kind of just sits there and watches him and like sees what he's really about, and then approaches him to, "Hey, you want to help me with this?" Well, I think that's why a lot of people like stick around her or continue to help her as she builds up her coffee shop is because she's not, you know, stereotyping people or, you know, putting expectations on them. She's just like, I think this is what I see in you. And it's specifically all these kind of like traditionally outcast type characters. Mm -hmm. And as an orc, she's also outcasted because of that. And so she just doesn't allow people's race to or what what you would say in D&D is your race um yeah. to define them exactly well and she also opening something that's like brand new to them mm-hmm. and everything she could take it to the like look how bougie this is and she doesn't do that she is trying to stick with the common people she wants you know she wants it to be a cute 
neighborhood yeah. coffee shop. Well, one of my favorite moments is she doesn't get excited when she just first starts getting customers and stuff like that. Like that's she's still like very like yeah, it's good, but it's not. It yet, and her moment is when she sees somebody else react the way she reacted to having her yeah. first cup of coffee, mm-hmm. and I really like that because there's so many things that we as a human race can kind of connect on. And one of them is just wanting somebody to feel the joy that we have felt, mm-hmm. and that's what that felt like. It was just like this moment of like, okay, but like try this just like it's put your oreos in your peanut butter oh my god it's so great (laughs) well and people just coming in because of the smell from from outside which is what happened to her when she found out how coffee you know what coffee was and everything just watching people be drawn in by the smell of it and everything and they propped the door open prior to Mm -hmm. to opening so that they could smell the baking and the coffee came out and i could smell it you know what i mean oh yeah when i was reading it i'm like oh fuck yes sir well done. <laughs> well, I think that's part of the charm of her, too, is she, her genuine plan was, well, people will come when they smell it, right? Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so when they're like, no, that's, you're, no, that's not how it works. She's like, damn. <laughs> well, she plans everything out until the actual coffee shop opens. Like, she has everything kind of planned out of, like, how to find the space, how to fix it up, how to, like, get all the materials because nobody knows what coffee is in there. So she has to get, like, a coffee shop, coffee maker and stuff imported. And then the planning stops. And she even goes, I didn't think what happens next. <laughs> well, and she didn't think about any advertising. I know. Thank goodness for Tandry. Is Tandry is how you say her name? I think so, but I'm not the one who listened to the audiobook it this is. time. That is how you say her name. Tandry. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tandry. Not to totally abandon Liv, but while we're on the topic of Tandry, uh, in the book she's frequently referred to as succubus, but mm-hmm. like I think race-wise, she's, she's a tiefling, right? Yeah, so if you replace everybody in this book with their uh, D&D corresponding races... Liv is an orc, and in D&D, she probably would actually be more of a half-orc. Yeah, um, yeah. Tandry is considered a succubus in the book. In d and it'd be a tiefling. Cal is a hob in the book. In D&D, it'd be a halfling. Gnomes are still gnomes. Um, Thimble, who's like a, a rat man. Ratskin. Ratskin. Uh, I know there is something equivalent in D&D, but my brain cannot think of it right now. Uh, the only thing I can think of is maybe like a tabaxi, but like a rat version. I thought there was rat people there could in be. D&D. There but you know more about D&D than I do. I like lore. I We have a lore book just for the Sword Coast, and I've read that thing so many times. It's lovely. Okay. <laughs> But anyway, anyway, so now you know what they look like. If you know anything about D&D, that's what they look like. Uh, yeah. So, like, the whole time I kind of got the the vibe that, that like, Viv sort of puts it on that she's, like, so lucky to have her. But I think, like, Tandry the whole time was, like, so lucky to find a place to hide out. Yeah, oh, yeah totally. That's, absolutely. like, her response to all of it is, you know, she is being seen again by Liv. Oh, shit. We've been calling her Liv the whole time. It's Viv. By oh, Viv. damn it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I knew that too. And I was still like, yeah, Liv. That's uh, you, I, was, I was down with it. It's Viv. The spirit Viv. of Liv Tyler, who is not dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, um, did I miss something? No. I feel like that's something I would have been informed about. <laughs> anyway, so Tandri is seen by Viv, but she also just gets to like be herself in this space. 
She gets to do art, which is important to her. And, mm-hmm. you know, she gets to... Well, she she's helping is given the room to breathe, I feel like. Well, yeah, because she also kind of just takes a little bit of ownership in how the marketing works or mm-hmm. like, how are we going to sell this? What are we doing here? And what are we selling it for? Because yeah. like with when it can't, comes to like the cinnamon rolls and everything, um, Viv is like, oh, what about two? And she's like, nah, four. Four, bitch. Yeah. And that's what they stuck it with it. My God, they were the way he described all of the baked goods. I was like, I want those now. I know. I was like, God damn, I want, I want to go to there. I didn't really enjoy like the the thing where they would like call up the menu again and mm-hmm. like list down everything that they've added. I thought that was really cute. Mm-hmm. It was super cute. Thimble was just cute in general. This little Thimble was my favorite character. Oh yeah, for sure. This little this little rat um, man creature. I love the fact that he just like really never talked and just kind of pointed and like uh, just kind of like grunted or whatever, except for like, the few times he would talk. Or he would like write out a list and just yeah. like walk up and tuck up, tug on her shirt. Yes. <laughs> well, I liked the description of it too, because it was something along the lines of while he did communicate, he would vastly prefer to not be talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally read that and went, same dude, same. <laughs> But he's another example of Viv just like seeing somebody and putting the pieces together mm-hmm. of there's this this man that comes in every day and he's covered in flour. We could sell baked goods. Maybe mm-hmm. this person will bake goods for me to sell. Or at least know. What is he doing is what I want to know. I, I want the thimble backstory. I know. Why were you covered in flour, bro? You training for your own little like in-world Bake off? Like, what is happening? I mean, maybe he just really enjoyed baking. Well, he also must have at least shared it with some people because the spice shop guy was like, he's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and she took in, took, basically took these people in. Like, they don't live there. Well, Tandry does at one point, but they don't live there, but she pays them fair wages, which is not always done in the world mm-hmm. of D&D and everything, you know. She's paying them fair wages. She gets their opinions on certain things and how to, like, she never is like, I need you to do, like, she's not ordery. Yeah. She asks them about their opinions. It's like when it's so fucking hot in there because they're baking and they've got the coffee machine going and everything. She calls Cal because she's like, um, is there some sort of solution we can, I'm dying. (laughs) I, that was one of my favorite things is that Cal just came back constantly yeah it's he's in there in the beginning to help fix up the shop and then he just like comes back repeatedly and then also kind of becomes this voice of reason for viv of like Mm -hmm. lady you're thinking of this all wrong yes and Mm -hmm. somehow becomes the the person that can reach her when she's like everything's ruined i don't give a shit in the in the reading in the audiobook she's like very violent she's like very mean and loud about it. Yeah, I mean, she goes yeah. through a pretty depressing thing because the shop, after they completely build it up and everything is going amazing, um, her old rival slash party adventure adventurer, person. adventure party member person comes and burns down her shop with arcane fire. And she goes through a, a, a bit of a depression. With her and Tandry inside. Yes. Yeah, man. God, love that. the cat. I don't remember that asswipe's name, but he is... I don't remember his name either. Fucker, though. thought it started with an F. Fuck me. Yeah, uh, da, 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 da. No, that's that's the other elf. 
Oh. Fennis is the elf that actually gets her the um, meeting with the magical lady. Oh, yeah. And I love the big cat. What is it again? It's a... They just said it was a dire cat. Dire cat. She was huge. And that's the only reason that they got out of the coffee shop when it burnt down is because Amity woke them up. Oh, you're right. Fennis is the shithead. Okay. Yay. Yeah. Fennis is the shithead who burns it down. Um, But there's a different elven man who's Tavis. Tavis. Tavis is the, the gentleman who gets her the meeting. Fennis is a fuckface. Mm-hmm. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I I will say though, so we're talking about all the like random side characters. There is one that I loved, but we never got to know anything about him, and that's Darius, Darius, the the chess bro, the old man, the old gnome playing chess. I think that I think he probably said- is like. Like, that's the kind of vibe I got from him is that he's retired. Well, he even says it at one point, but I'm talking about the time shit. Yeah, I think he's time travels or something. He does some fuckery with time because he's like, oh, yeah, maybe not yet. Or he's like, oh, but I did. I've done that before when he's playing chess. And she's like, who? You're not moving other pieces. He's like, oh, I've done it before. But he he gives it like a not like a I've played chess before, but like a I've been here before thing. Yeah. And so there's some friggity fucking. This is not the only book in the series, so maybe it would be explained further down. I don't know about that. I do know the is it bookstore and bone dust or bone dust and bookstore is actually a prequel to this. I think it's when Viv originally oh okay learns about the coffee. At the very least, it is a prequel. I know that, and it's still a Viv. I, I will say throughout this entire thing, while I was listening to it, I could also sort of hear like. DM interjections mm-hmm. like I could just like hear that or like so you wake to the feeling that something is wrong and the cat is staring at you and yelling like like right. <laughs> just like um, throughout the entire thing it just felt like there was a secret second layer that's just the DM telling you what's happening yeah which well sure. done that's mm-hmm. but you don't need to have ever played D&D to enjoy no, this book no absolutely not I think it would be less enjoyable if you have no experience with fantasy at all. Yeah. I think there's still something to enjoy there, but it, you'll be spending a lot of time trying to figure out what things are. Yeah. It, it is a book that just sort of feels like the lost chapter of a fantasy novel, you yeah. know? About those side characters that you're like, I wonder what their life is like. This is it. This mm-hmm. is what their mm-hmm. life is like. <laughs> And I just love how she builds herself like like a family. You yeah. know, they she builds all these people who support her and she doesn't even realize how much they're supporting her until the world turns upside down. And isn't that all of us though? We go out into the world and we make our connections, but you don't know which ones are real until they're tested. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a line that she says once they get everything out, like she gets the coffee machine out and, and they get out of the burning house. She says, well, at least we didn't lose everything and that's kind of how tandry brings her back around as she Mm -hmm. said you know you said the night of the fire that at least we didn't lose everything we didn't lose everything you and i and everyone else is still here and it's it was that was a it hit me in the feelers real hard moment (laughs) i was laying in my bed reading a book and went how dare you i also liked that this book didn't try to put on that it was something other than what it was yeah Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, she's just making a little coffee shop, and I like, I like the side things of it. I like that there's mm-hmm. kind of like the the mafia, whatever that controls the street that the coffee shop mm-hmm. is on, and basically she's telling them to fuck off constantly. 
And she essentially bribes them with cinnamon the rolls. Cinnamon rolls that Thimble makes. <laughs> and they're as big as your head. Well, and I think everybody that Viv runs into, not everybody, but like everybody that she um, has a, a positive reaction with, there's always like something that they connect on. And mm-hmm. that's what Durius or whatever the, the, the time traveling gnome buddy says about the scalverts is this how you say it stone her magical item that's kind of leading her to put this coffee shop here in this city mm-hmm. is it brings people like-minded people together yeah and that just continues to happen for her yeah it's well, it's I, not I, that it's actually being lucky for her it's bringing mm-hmm. together people that are necessary for her right. life essentially is what's happening well, and they talk about how they don't understand how the magic works, and so she just thinks that it just, like, gives her what she needs, like, it's the room of requirement in Harry Potter. Right. What it's really doing is, like you said, bringing like-minded people together, but because you have that, you get this joint building tower of support. Well, and all of these people that they that it brings together all are kind of trying to, like, start something or find themselves, or, like, they're not currently in something successful so like mm-hmm. cal because he's a hob doesn't get the recognition as a carpenter and and ship right ship maker ship person person who build boat i mean yep that's how it goes tandry essentially left the mages college that has an actual name because you know as a succubus she was looked down upon yeah and Thimble, we don't really know. We have no idea. But he just shows up and, and bakes things. So there's I, that. I feel like that was Thimble's life before, though. Like, nobody really knew what he was doing. And I feel like he was, like, probably ten more bad things away from concocting yeah. something truly evil. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Pendry, the bard. Oh, Pendry. Who is from a family of stonemasons or something, we eventually mm-hmm. find out. Yep. And just shows up and is trying to get enough confidence to play the lute. So I have this theory about his music. In the audiobook, the the narrator does like sing a little bit when he sings. Oh. Um, I think that the like screeching music is is rock and roll. That's kind of what it came across as. Yeah. It was really cute though when he came to help with the things and they're like oh you're she's like oh you're a pretty good stonemason and he goes yeah it's the family business and they're like you're cor- of course it is of course that's what he you know his family business is mm-hmm. he eventually gets paid to play his lute she pays him to come in and play i'll pay you to play your lute also some girls are trying to jump on his jock and it cracks me up yeah they are yeah he's like a little uh band of groupies yeah, driving the girls crazy for no reason whatsoever there's still other side characters we haven't talked about. We haven't talked about Hemington, the the like warlock bro that shows up and Oh yeah, and just like I'm just gonna sit here and buy nothing. You have to buy something. I don't like hot drinks. And that's how they get iced lattes. Iced lattes. He is for sure that that person that has the like Starbucks cup, like an iced coffee, and is like sipping it nonstop all day. I guarantee you. If we flash forward to what his future is, that's what it is. It's him just, like, sucking it and, like... <laughs> I know. I was like, this bro is going to get addicted. And he didn't like anything with bread, but now he's obsessed with the baked goods, too. And then there's Lanny, or Laney, whatever the neighbor's name is. I, I did like that she, like, flat out insulted 
Viv, and then was like, but I'll be back tomorrow to support you. And so you're just sort of like... It felt very much like a, a, the old lady neighbor who's just... She wants to pat your hand. Yeah. Yep, you know? Like, yeah. Very condescendingly like that. There you go, dearie. <laughs> I love your old lady voice, Wiggles. I don't know why it makes me laugh every time, but it does. <laughs> I do love that the, is it the Madrigal? Is that what her name is? Yeah, the Madrigal. That like, so she's, you know, the big bad mafia boss, which kind of cracks me up. I love that she's a woman. Oh, yeah. She's scarier that way. She is a little scarier that way. But like she gets to have the meeting and everything with her and everything. And then she can be bribed with cinnamon rolls so that she doesn't have to pay whatever everybody else pays every week. Mm -hmm. See, this is the kind of evil hench lord that I want to be. Yeah. It sounds like a great life, honestly. I mean, yes. (laughs) Right? But then when when the bar burns down and everything, like she takes care of a few things for her. And she gets – things keep appearing for the rebuilding that – She gives a clear warning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She previously, rarely seen in public, shows up and says, can I have one of your treats? And by the way, watch your back, bitch. Thank you for the treats. Yep. (laughs) I also love that she knew about the Skelvert Stone, but didn't want it. She's just like, I know that you have this like magic that could be impacting like your fortune or bringing good fortune, but that's not, you keep that. I don't want it. Well, and I think she thought that something bad would happen if she tried to take it, which could be argued that it did. Right. But not to Viv. Well, we don't know because there's a hint hint at the end that Fennis or, yeah, Fennis uh, found some other like-minded thievery assholes mm-hmm. when he stole the stone from Viv. Did you all read the, the to fill the pages section? Uh, no. no. No, I did not. Did you? I listened to, like, the beginning of it, and then I had to stop because y'all were here. Oh, okay. <laughs> you really were cutting <laughs> You were really cutting it close tonight. I think that maybe that gives us a glimpse into what we're talking about. Sure. Yeah. And I know this, you know, we're normally a romance spicy book podcast. There is romance in this. Not a lot. They do do a nice, like, picnic. Yep. I sure thought that uh, one bed thing was going to come into play, and it did not. Yeah. No. They went butt to butt, although there was a mention of a tail that cracked me up a little bit, but... (laughs) Still not enough tail action. (laughs) Yes, still not. There is no tail action. But yeah, no spice in this book, but I do like the little hints of romance. There's not a ton of romance either, honestly. Mm -hmm. No. Well, and it feels gentle. Yes. Like, it's, it's one of those where... I think even that first kiss isn't even, we're romantic now. It's, we're going to try this, mm-hmm. you know? We're talking about Viv and Tandry, just to yes. clarify that. I liked it, though, because it was more about their friendship and, like, relationship there than the romance. It was almost as if they were, like, becoming best friends and, and partners in life and then being like, what if we also... Yeah, but what if? Yeah. yeah. I, I really enjoyed that portion of it too. Mm-hmm. Like, which is weird because, you know, I am the spice queen in this podcast. Uh-huh. I am constantly the one that's like, all of the spice. And this was my choice. And there is none. <laughs> no. But it was highly enjoyable. It was just cute. And sometimes so you just want to read something where everything is just kind of cute. Although I will say this. 
the fact that it's being categorized as a romance, I think, is a big misnomer. That is people who don't know what a romance is. It doesn't meet any of the like key points no. you have to hit to be a romance novel. I would agree with that. Um, I wonder if it's just that's like... fine. It was an enjoyable change of pace. But yes. technically, we are not promoting this as a romance novel. No. No, <laughs> like, no it's, it's really not a romance novel. It was very good, but it, not really a romance novel. It I want- is exactly what the extended title says it is. Low stakes fantasy. It is not a romance. It's not a romanticy. It's it's just it has a very light a Lacroix, if you will, of romance. <laughs> um, oh, that makes it sound horrible because Lacroix is icky. I like, I like it. it. Oh God, you guys are gross. <laughs> okay, over it's there. like somebody looked at a lime while holding some like fuzzy flavor. water. Any flavor. It, they looked at the flavor while holding a fuzzy thing a good of water. Black cherry in almost all flavored waters is good every time. I don't like black cherry, but I don't think you're going to debate with Danny. She's drinking full strength Pepsi. Ugh. All of the Pepsi. So, one of the things that I really liked is her having to kind of relearn how to deal with the world because her instinct is to beat a skull in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how she's been trained. That's how she's lived her life. That's how she's worked. But so she, when she decides that she's going to buy this, it's it's a library. So it's where they kept horses yeah. is what she built the coffee shop out of. So she, when she decides she's going to build this and everything, she needs to set her, her sword aside, which is called Black Blood. And so she puts it in the hayloft because she doesn't want to have the temptation of it and everything. And then when she starts to be threatened by the you know, mafia bullshit that is in this little town, which, which still cracks me up. It's not a big town. Why is there a mafia? We don't really know how big it is, do we? Yeah. Yeah, true. But yeah, so then when they are in the process of – when her and Cal are in the process of rebuilding the livery into, into this coffee shop, he talks her into putting the sword on the wall as kind of a message – and it isn't until they actually start the tavern and everything that she gets talked into the fact that she can't go there even once, even to like scare them away or anything, because it's just, it's not going to go well. It's, it's a not, slippery slope. It is a very slippery slope. And once she allows herself to do that, it's going to be all the easier to do it again. Well, and I thought the author did a really good job of explaining that through Tandry, who literally just said that, like, what mm-hmm. happens? She does. She decides she pulls the sword off the wall one time, and then, oh, we need money to get through the lean season, so we take on extra contracts. Oh, we, uh, you know, X, Y, Z, and just explaining why, even though as the reader, I'm like, just fucking punch a face, man. Mm-hmm. But Always. does a, a good job of explaining, like... If you do that once, where do you stop? Exactly. And I, I really appreciated that part of it. It's like, okay, yeah, because it would be a huge adjustment to have to relearn how to function in everyday life when you're used to getting your way mm-hmm. because you're going to bust a skull. She's not a small person. She literally, when she was taking junk to the, like, I don't know, garbage or wherever it was, I guess, dump yard or whatever they use as a dump yard. She, instead of having a horse drawn carriage because, or cart, because horses don't like orcs. Mm -hmm. She literally is just pulling it herself, full of all this stone and shit. 
And so like, yeah, it, it would be really difficult to have to relearn how to function in, in a society that you don't, you never were in before, really. Well, and she spent years honing a number of skills, uh, you know, sword fighting, probably intimidation, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, throwing muscles around and stuff. And all of a sudden, she either can't use that to get her way or she doesn't want to be that person anymore. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I also kind of appreciated that she also has to kind of relearn how to appropriately take care of herself because like yeah. even after she's turned this into a beautiful place she doesn't have a fucking bed because she's like it's fine i i'm i'll do that eventually it's like nah girl get a bed right like, you're so busy making sure that you have everything that you know everybody else needs to make this work and it's like you can spend a little bit to give yourself a comfortable place to rest at night especially because she's constantly having back pain from yeah. all of her adventuring and probably from sleeping on a hayloft floor. Yeah. And sleeping out in the middle of the fucking forest on the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we want to talk about why I wouldn't survive in a fantasy world, right there. <laughs> right fucking there. Of like, our party's just going to make camp here. Are you fucking kidding me? It's the hard ass ground. No, we're going to town. We're getting a <laughs> motel. I don't care. I can't do it. That's why you'd have to be a mage, Wiggle, so that you could just like magically make your own like bedding or some shit yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) could not go in as just like a fighter or something no no Mm -mm, no. (laughs) i like to be comfortable thank you very much i do like my bed also i like being single because i can starfish all over that fucking bed and nobody's gotta have a problem you know you would think for how long i've been single that would be a thing i want to do I don't really. Mm. Pretty much curl up on one side no matter what. I mean, I mostly do, but then occasionally I, like, force myself to be like, no, you know what? This is my entire fucking bed. And then I also have to have the argument with the cat, who is only eight pounds and somehow still wins. My cats win all the time. Eddie is really notorious for laying sideways like this, so Mm. that, like, I end up with, like, a quarter of the bed. Yeah. He ends up with three-fourths, and I'm like, how? (laughs) Bitch, move over. (laughs) I have actually been pushed out of my bed by my eight-pound cat. Yes. I was torn so badly between being mad. Gotta respect game, man. And just kind of impressed. (laughs) I am not a small woman. (laughs) When you were younger, and, like, you would end up having to, like, share a hotel room with, like, three other girls and then do the queen-to-bed thing Mm -hmm. and, like, stuff like that. And you'd inevitably end up in the bed with the the girl who won't, like, fucking lay still. Mm -hmm. So they slowly start creeping in on your space until you're, like, on the edge and you're, like, ready to scream. And then you finally give up, get out of bed, and go over to the other side. (laughs) Is that you and your cat? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So... One thing I really like about this is the continuation of the found cat trope. Uh, oh, yeah. They will oh, find yeah. you when it is your time. And I like, love that the cat is also simultaneously somehow part dog and mm-hmm. cat and like some like weird omen teller. Like, it's like <laughs> by the way, where is this cat coming from? I don't know, but I wanted it. Yeah. Oh, I, I wanted, wanted it too. Amity. I also really love that she just like is there when... She feels like it. Yes. That's, I mean, that's cats. Uh, right now, Eddie is circling our table, right? And wants to be all up in our business. But, like, in 
two hours when I'm ready to go to bed and stuff like that, she will be like, I'm going to go do my own thing. So bye. Really? Aria, when I go to bed, is like up my butt. It really depends on the night. If she's had a lot of attention with me, then she's like, okay, that was like a lot. And I'm going to go find a hidey hole. And if, if it hasn't been a lot of attention recently, so actually tonight she might be really clingy because I've been away. That's when she turns into the lap cat of like, I will find you. I will find the lap. I will make you sit until I am done. Um, and kind of the, this dire cat kind of does that. Yeah. As well. Like, I can definitely see this cat becoming, like, fully domesticated. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she just shows up, doesn't necessarily want to use the bed, but maybe sometimes she'll use the bed that they made. And then she'll either, like, stay the night or be gone for a couple days, except for when our time-traveling gnome shows up and then she is always there. Always with this buddy. Chilling, asleep under the table that he's playing chess on, just kind of... Having a good old time. I also like that they don't know how she's getting in and out. Yeah. She's just showing up and they're like, Yeah. The door is locked. Right. That's your cat now. What did you guys think of her old, Viv's old adventuring party showing up? So that was, Fennis was the shithead, um, but then there was Rune, the dwarf, who I liked a lot. I thought he was fun. I did too. And then Tavis or Tavis, the stone face i'm like i don't know like maybe dark elf or something kind of vibes from him and then galena the gnome who was hilarious i loved them all but fennis of course he can go fuck himself but i loved them like and i love that when tavis very very shows up he brings a stone so that if she can toss it into the fire to call for them if if she needs help which is how they show back up again to mm-hmm. help deal with the magical situation. I, I thought it was nice because a, a lot of the theme of this story is growing and changing and moving on. And doing those things are good, but that doesn't mean that you just leave the people that you've known yeah. in, in the dust. Because yeah. that's what she does in the beginning. She just fucking walks away and doesn't tell them where she's going, what she's doing, anything. She's just out. Yeah, she just dips. And she explains it to them later on that it's because she was afraid that she would lose her courage to to right. do this and everything. But it still was a shitty thing to do. <sighs> and, you know, they were good friends for years and everything. And so, yeah, it, mm-hmm. I think it's a good lesson in just because you decide that you need to change and you're making the, the efforts to do a positive change doesn't mean you necessarily need to shut out the good parts of your old life. Yeah, you don't got to scorch earth your old life, which I suppose is a lesson for Liz, because I like to scorch earth my old things. <laughs> you're stuck with us, bitch. It's certainly easier yeah. to, to just say, and now cut off, right? But it's also not realistic, because even if you want to do that now, you've got this negative thing behind you, and if it comes back into your world, like her team does, mm-hmm. you have to face up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not really a healthy way to deal with things. It, you have to acknowledge your shift. Yeah, and I mean, she was gone for quite a while before he showed up, too, because she had already rebuilt the coffee shop. Like, it wasn't fully open yet, I don't think. Right. But, like, it, they were done building it when he showed up. Yeah, because he showed up with the coffee maker, I believe. Yeah. Or the coffee beans when they showed up because his brother, cousin, whatever, owned the shipping company that sent it. Yeah, I think it was it was the coffee maker because that was yeah. the, like the last thing she was waiting on and it was taking forever. I, I do love the love letter to coffee that is this book, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about how like you could almost smell everything. 
I think the best way to read this book is to sit down with a cup of coffee, ideally on a stormy day, but you know, the weather is what it is. It doesn't uh, bend to our will. We are not storm, sadly. Damn it. I know. I've asked so many times. I wouldn't even use my powers for evil. No, I, I just want... For, like, the bestest of goods. Yeah. Just just a good rockin' thunderstorm on a Saturday afternoon right. occasionally. Why can I right. not have the X mutation? Come on. <laughs> my luck is I'd end up being, like, Toad or something. That'd be my fucking mutation. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, the senator that turns all slimy in the first place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, so for real. I love a, a nap on a thunderstorm day. Oh. But yeah, all I wanted to do the entire time I was reading this, I was like, okay, well, I would like to have a coffee and a cinnamon roll. I did not have either. I, I definitely got the baked goods vibe, like as they were describing the cinnamon rolls and then the biscotti, which they're not called biscotti, so they are. And then the like chocolate croissant. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need a fucking pastry. <laughs> I did. I really wanted it. Like, I fucking wanted one of those croissants. Yes. God damn. We gotta quit reading slash watching things that are, like, so intrinsic to food because it makes me want it really, really bad. Oh, I know. It's true. I know. There wasn't cheese in this one. I don't Unless think. they used cream cheese for the frosting. Well, I mean, maybe he did, but I there wasn't, like, a love of cheese. I think maybe she had cheese on one of their picnics or something. And they had that port wine. Maybe that's the sequel. They start having charcuterie <laughs> boards. <laughs> what would that one be called? Chivalry and charcuterie. Ooh, that was good, Danny. That one was good. That was, that was it. <laughs> okay, so get on that, uh, Travis, anytime you want. Okay? That I... one's for free. I managed to get through this one without fucking breaking down and going to the diner for a cinnamon roll or something. I don't think I could get through a book that was talking about wine and cheese the entire book without <laughs> like saying, fuck it, I gotta go get the cheese. I gotta get my cheese. <laughs> God damn it. I mean, I always have cheese at home. It's my favorite snack. I have like fucking cheese sticks, like, you know, moth- like, like string cheese. I have string cheese too, but I also have cheese to cut up. I just like cut chunks off of cheese too and- dangerous that's too dangerous cheese and crackers is for sure my like yeah. comfort snack i also uh want to know what this machine actually looks like like I, I like i kind of got it from the description going back to the copy yeah. um, but like what does a coffee machine in like seemingly kind of mid- medieval times you know obviously fantasy worlds well it is made out of wood or no, I mean it is made out of metal, um, because it is gnomish, mm-hmm. and they do also do steam things, steam powered things. Well, she talks about having to put like build a fire inside of the machine or like right yeah. under the machine. I just envision a modern day espresso machine or like one you would see at a, a coffee shop, but more steampunk with more gears and dials and things. Toggles. Yeah, I for some reason think toggles. <laughs> Yeah, and like levers, like yes. like big fucking levers that you'd see on old slot machines. Pull the lever, crunk. Yes. Like a mad scientist machine. Yeah, I pretty mean, close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what comes out is the nectar of life. Yes. <laughs> the good coffee. What do they call it? The bean water? or Bean water, yeah. That did make me laugh um, because uh, a couple of years ago, in teasing some people... I started calling it bean juice, and they were like, that sounds gross. I was like, what do you think it is? 
It's bean juice. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so then every time I saw it, I had to be like, get me the bean juice with the moo juice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do really love how he explained the coffee a lot because like, and just the baked goods and stuff, everything was something that as a modern person, I could understand like, oh, go mm-hmm. get cardamom. I'm like, I know what cardamom is. Uh, but just the way he explained, like, everybody's like, what the fuck is cardamom? Or, like, these cinnamon rolls. What the fuck is this thing? It, it reminds me of, like, playing D&D or watching mm-hmm. uh, a show D&D. That, that thing of, like, oh, oops, we just invented cinnamon rolls in right. this world, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Did biscotti exist before? That was my favorite as somebody who has binged all of the Great British Bake Off multiple times a season when they were, when he was baking the biscotti. And I was like, that's biscotti. <laughs> <laughs> any time, yeah. any time that anyone's making anything, my brain immediately goes, don't have a song you bought. Can't have a song you bought. <laughs> Mary Berry will fucking find you. I will say, though, of the pastries that Thimble was making, those were some of the complicated ones. Mm-hmm. Like, he was making a croissant. Well, it's like, clearly... Our, our our man's thimble has been like doing yeah the, like like I said his almost his own great British bake off at home <laughs> just like yes Paul Hollywood says it needs to rise more <laughs> uh, and they didn't know what chocolate was and he was just like try some try some and they were like oh it's kind of bitter but okay and they're like wait. <laughs> I, just, I loved every time he interacted and he explained like how you have to dunk the whatever the whatever they called the biscotti whatever kind of biscuits they called them in the in the book. It's like no no dunk it in the coffee. Here's the thing though, like, so like without even knowing it, you are very close to the voice that he did in the narration. Really? Yes. Because that's how I, that's why I heard his voice. He's like that was very on point. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Well, and I just like that. So they had been talking about the, the fact that, you know, they didn't have enough room to bake all the things at the same time in mm-hmm. the oven that they had. And he, it's too bad that they can't, they wouldn't keep. And so his solution was the, whatever they were called, the biscotti, because they could keep for a couple of days without mm-hmm. going bad. And Not that I think they had that. If they're a bit dry, if you they're if, you, if mm-hmm. they're too moist, they 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 bend in an unsavory way. Well, and then you can't dunk it right because it's supposed to be dunked in the coffee. Right. I don't know why so many people are anti-hard cookies or biscuits. If you're on the other side of the pond, those are so good. I'm. It depends on what it is. So I love a lot of cookies a little underbaked, actually, but especially like peanut butter cookies that needs to be like. Uh, a little questionable when it comes out of the oven uh but like i like i like my molasses cookies to be harder same but that's because you dunk them i when i was a kid i used to ask my mom to almost burn a little bit like not like they shouldn't be black that darker brown that comes with oh you better take them out of the oven now or else that was like yes that was how i liked the only thing i want on the like edge of being burned is chex mix I mean that's delicious as well. I want. There's like I a just... caramelization that happens mm-hmm. when you let it cook that little bit longer, especially if it's something that's sugar on the outside, like a peanut butter cookie. That just makes it like yes. But they're not very good second day. Like they're only good that day is the downside. The Chex Mix is delightful at any time. It's true. God damn it, guys! Stop it! Now I'm getting hungry. I have a crock pot of Chex Mix no, at home right now. I have no Chex Mix. I have Man, no cookies. Listen, I have no I cheese. Gonna, if you're gonna mention that. 
you need to bring some with you. Okay, but so <laughs> I'm... So what if the entire podcast will be... <laughs> I don't care. You bring it. You bring it to the party. So I I don't want any of the mix. I just want the checks. And so I literally just threw the entire box of cereal into the crock pot and then poured the butter and ranch seasoning and uh, Worcestershire on top of it. I I really like the combo I like of that. a checks and a peanut. Like that's the to me if I get that in my handful it's the best. I'm not a big fan of nuts in my checks mix. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I mean if they're there it's like whatever, but I'd much rather just the cereal and like some pretzels and maybe like goldfish or Cheez-Its or something. Occasionally I will put some Oh, Cheerios is the best. Yes. Yes. Cuz cuz Sometimes the Cheerio, this one random Cheerio, will have absorbed all of the seasoning. Oh yeah, and just it's the best bite. all of it. Correct. <laughs> I occasionally yeah. toss some Cheez Its in there, but I mostly just want the checks. So I just get like a family size box of Crispex and toss the entire thing in there. So speaking of snacks, mm-hmm. what you eat <laughs> That's your. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. 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 That's great. That's great. That's great. I've been thinking about this a lot because I can't say it's a zero. And if I say it's a one, I don't know. I feel like the the building of the friendship really led into the romance, the potential romance well. So I don't know. This one's hard because it's not a romance. That's why I think it's got to be a one for me. That's all I can give it because it's not a romance. And the romance is not key to the story. No. I agree. I, you know, like, I like their story, and I think they will have a wonderfully sweet romance and everything in life together, but it's not a romance book. It really isn't. I do apologize that I chose this one. Um, no, it's a Because great I, I heard romance, you know, I heard that it was a romance, and it looked really cool and everything, and I knew the three of us would like it. Mm-hmm. But I did, I didn't realize that it really wasn't a romance. Well, and that, that's a, that's on how powerful things like tiktok are because mm-hmm. people will put this stuff out and then repeat it and repeat it and so you believe it right and it's like no this never should have been characterized as a romance i will agree with the one in my head like i'm maybe closer to a two and the only reason is just because of the, the how the relationship grows even though it's not romantic until the very end um i do also like at the very end though when she rebuilds the coffee house that she builds a room for both her and for her and tandry but it's not the same room she's not putting any any assumptions out there that they're gonna continue or like do whatever they each get their own room i do really appreciate that she did that you know she's letting it blossom the way it should be and she gets you know they get to live there they can run it together and everything oh we did not talk about the fact that she gives partial ownership to each and every one of them and I, I do really appreciate that. Well, when you think about it, Tandri helped build that place as much as Viv did. Cal mm-hmm. did as well. I mean, Cal got paid for it, but um, he rebuilt the coffee house after it burned down. He rebuilt the second one and mm-hmm. com- like coordinated everything. Yep. And Thimble is just... Because it's because of him that they have right. so much success because they, you know, they the food brought in a lot of people and got other people got people Mm. to try the coffee and that's exactly it it's like it's like it's a coffee house and a bakery and he owns the bakery Mm -hmm. for sure so i mean we can't really give it a spice rating there's nothing right there's nothing there is no spice no other than the cardamom 
but uh, oh, get out of here, dear Lord get Wiggles. <laughs> that was the worst dad joke ever. I feel no regret. <sighs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay, but what about your overall rating then? I gave it a four. I really enjoyed this book. I gave it a four as well. I teetered even into a four point five. Um, and I think I'm going to stick there. I think I'm going to say this is a 4.5 for me. It is not a five purely because fives have a feeling that come with it, right? This like this overwhelming, like, oh my God, I'm amazed feeling. And I didn't Mm -hmm. get that, but I think it was pretty good, pretty, not perfect, but very close to it for what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, I gave it a four on Goodreads because I always round up, but, Mm -hmm. uh, for me it was, uh, a solid 3.5, which is not a bad rating. No. As we've discussed in the past. But, like, maybe it was the wrong timing. Maybe I'm just not... Maybe I just need... I, maybe low stakes fantasy just isn't for me. Um, but I needed something to happen. <laughs> and I think low stakes fantasy is definitely for me. Because I've read other books where the overall book isn't low stakes. But some of my favorite moments are the scenes where they're just, like doing fucking chores like chopping wood and shit for the house like those are still my favorite scenes sometimes so well then you will fucking love the later books in outlander (laughs) uh i can't that i can't do oh my god you know i've she she, so diana gabaldon at one point i think it's in the fifth book she just like is like telling us all about their very mundane normal lives and you're like that's cool but like You've gotten us here on the drama, <laughs> so you're going to keep that going, or am I just going to read an entire chapter about Jamie Chopin Wood? Because <laughs> I, I can't, can't. I can't do it with Outlander, though, because there's no uniqueness to it, right? Like, yeah. it's just fucking historical romance, yeah. essentially, at that point. Yeah. You know, I so as far as low stakes romance goes, I never this is the first one I've ever read. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a thing that I like, which is weird because yeah. it's that was so out of left field. I did not think that I would be a low stakes romance person. I'm I think uh, it's I'm a spice queen. I think it's one of those things where it's just a really nice break. You you read a, a whole variety of things and sometimes you're like, I just want to kind of relax. And this is a book you can just like relax with. It it was a really nice like I read it in a day. It wasn't super long. No. I mm-hmm. chilled with the cat and you know had a good time of it. And I just I really did enjoy it. It was a good palate cleanser for sure. Yeah, it was, just, and it was just charming. There were so many things about it that were yeah. just charming and fun and cute. And of course, it had a big nostalgia factor for me as because we you know we all play D anD D, but. Like, it just, I really enjoy the D&D aspect of it. I, I really enjoyed, like you said, you could almost hear, like, the DM in the background mm-hmm. doing little, you know, in parts into it. And I just, there was very much a nostalgia factor on that case for me. Yeah. So with all that in mind, what are your recommendations? Okay, I can go first. So I have a variety and they all kind of hit different points in the book. So my first recommendation is not a fantasy at all. It is a contemporary, modern, real life setting. And it's The Tanglewood Tea Shop by Lilac Mills. It is about a woman who lives in London and is trying to be like a high end, like Michelin star chef and decides it's too stressful. Life sucks. I don't want to do that. So she moves to a small town in the countryside of England and opens a tea shop. And it's about her opening a tea shop, kind of like this book doing all the things to open a tea shop. And there is a romance in that one that is stronger than this book. 
but the the main plot is the 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 tea shop thing the next one i can i will recommend and i rarely recommend anything that i haven't fully read i've only read a quarter of this book however it is one of i think the top books that's related to this one and it's can't spell treason without tea by rebecca thorne and it is also a fantasy like high fantasy-esque novel where two people one is a palace guard one is like the high mage decide to say fuck it and gulp in a tea shop in a tiny little town uh, i've only read again a quarter of it so little asterisks in case it's not entirely good uh it's also a uh, two women it is a lesbian romance or nice. a lesbian book so and the last one, I know I'm saying a lot here, but the last one I'll recommend is A Soul to Touch by Opal Rain. It is one of the Dustwalker books, which I've said I've loved a, a thousand times. And the reason I recommend it is there is a big part in the middle of the book where it's Mayume, the main character, and her Dustwalker demon romance partner just like chopping wood and getting her house like set up to defend against like demon attacks and stuff and like that middle part of the book is very kind of just like cozy and cute oh, those are my okay. recommendations um so one i would suggest go play D. you can do yeah. whatever you want within the limits of the people you are playing with just saying yeah but then also as far as a book i would i would say maybe um that time i got drunk and saved a demon by kimberly lemming we've talked about that book before and not because it's not spicy, that book is very spicy, but there's very much a like D&D feel to that book, um, that kind of fantasy side of it and everything that is really enjoyable and a little bit goofy at times. Definitely the goofiness or just like the more lighthearted nature, even though they're doing big epic things in that book. Yeah. Everything, it just seems a little bit more lighthearted. Yes. So my recommendation is not a romance, but there's significantly more romance in this book <laughs> than this book had, so I don't feel bad about recommending it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it's so, I read it a long time ago, and it, it, I almost want to go back and read it again after reading this book, because it also has a deep-seated love for food. And it's called The 100-Foot Journey. There's also a movie that came out in t- 2014, so um, I, ha- I had to look it up because I couldn't remember, like who was in the cast. It's a pretty good movie. Directed by Steven Sil- or, or produced by Steven Sil- Spielberg. The the main two characters, um, Madame Mallory is played by Helen Mirren, and then Hassan Haji, uh, the main character, is played by Manish Dayal, I think Dayal. I'm so sorry if I butchered those pronunciations. But um, it's a really cool story about how um, the this family that's... Um, Originally from India, their basically self-taught son is becoming basically a culinary genius. Mm. I can't talk too much more about it just because it's been so long since I've read it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're looking for something that really has a love for food, this this is that book. Well, that's what we got for you, folks. Any last words of wisdom, ladies? Scrum diddlyumptious. Thank you. Don't pee on electric fences? You know that's obviously directed toward the men's because as a woman, it would be very difficult to accomplish that. It would indeed be very difficult <laughs> to accomplish that. I think you'd run into a bigger problem before you even got your pee to the fence is your, your hot hands. Hitting the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine certainly would. I'm just saying, I have electrocuted myself on an electric fence. A horse pushed me into it and don't do it. It hurts like a son of a bitch. On that note, folks. <laughs> it's been a pleasure.
If you want to find us out on the socials, please do so. You can find us out on, at Wrong Dust Jackets on almost every social except for Twitter, which is just Wrong Jackets. Um, or you can find us on our website at wrongdustjackets.com. Otherwise, please leave us a rating, recommendation, review, find us, talk to us. We love to hear from you. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye now.